0: Welcome to the 20-something Trials Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Denicio, and this is the show dedicated to navigating your 20s. Each week, you'll hear from a guest who has walked through an array of trials, triumphs, and more. My goal is to bring you tangible tips to help you grow into the woman you are destined to become. I started this podcast to connect with others, have real conversation about womanhood and career and life, and learn from the incredible groundbreaking people who I admire. And I know you will too. There is so much truth to be learned from our trials and in those of others. So together, let's explore all of the things that make us who we are and grow into the women we are meant to be together. Happy Wednesday, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of 20-something Trials. I am so excited for you guys to meet our lovely guest today. Monica, thank you so much for being with me today.
1: Thank you so much, Gabby. It's great to be here.
0: So I like to always start with the question of without any titles, who are you?
1: I love this question so much. Um, so, okay, without any titles, I would say that I am creative, courageous, efficient, and imaginative.
0: Oh, I love that. That was beautifully said. Thank you. Beautifully said. And we had spoken before we started recording Mm -hmm. of like, it's so easy you know in your case to define yourself as a photographer because like you said that's so much of who you are and who you do and you know the exactly. same for me as a teacher it's like the thing that we spend most of our time doing is how we often identify mm-hmm. so it's it's really cool too from the personal perspective when you're prepping for this of just okay well totally. who am i like if you were to take all of that off who am i
1: yeah well it was it was interesting i almost kind of felt a little embarrassed when i saw the question pop up because i was like Wait, like I have to think about this cuz yes. I always say like I'm a photographer and creative director. I don't say any of those other things. Yeah. Like just casually. So, yeah. um I feel like, you know, happily convicted about this and I am going to be asking other people
0: this question going forward. It's a great like first date question. It's also like totally. a good thing to ask coworkers, right? You get a totally. good feel of who this person is. Um, mm-hmm. but like I said to you, I'm really excited to just dive into your story and learn more about you. When you look at your career now, is this what your teenage self had envisioned? So let's put you at 16. 16.
1: Okay. When I was 16, I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, so no, yeah. <laughs> but, um, it's interesting because I was kind of one of those kids that like, Was really good at a lot of things and wanted to be everything. Um, So, like at one point, I wanted to act in the theater. At one point, I wanted to compose music for film scores. At one point in my life, you know, I wanted to be a lawyer. And by the time I got to high school and I was, you know, about 16, 17, 18, I really had my heart set on being a lawyer. And all the colleges I looked into, you know, I wanted to pursue something that was maybe pre law or political science or something philosophical beforehand to then, you know, eventually go to law school. But um, I mean, I, I ha- was always shooting a cam- with a camera. I was painting. I was always very artistic, but I saw it as more of a hobby. So this question of like, is it what I envision? Like technically no, but like I always had this desire to make an impact in the world, both like on a, you know, personal individual level, but also on a larger scale. And so I actually do feel like I'm doing that now. So in one way, I, yes, I am doing exactly what I imagined. It's just taken a different shape and form than I had imagined from the beginning.
0: Yes. And sometimes I think that is the more beautiful path, even though, I'm sure like, I think back to 16 year old me and I, I often say, she'd be like, what the hell, (laughs) you know, but I think at the root of who I've always been, what I'm doing now makes sense. But sometimes when we're younger, we have these blinders on and we're also Mm -hmm. trying to follow what like society thinks we should do. And if we have parental influence, but you know, being such a creative, like how you are, Mm -hmm. was this something that you were born with? Was this something that you just, you know, evolved into as you got older where did the creativity stem from
1: Hmm, that's an interesting question because obviously like i think everyone has a healthy balance of nature versus nurture right so um hopefully so yes like i mean i think i've always been creative like my my grandfather um on my dad's side was a painter and my grandmother on my mom's side has always been very artistic um so you know there's that and my dad is also very artistic and so i kind of grew up like drawing and painting and all of that. Um, And I was encouraged to do so. Like my parents took me to art classes. um, And then as I got a little bit older, like I started doing different activities. I like did horseback riding for a little while, which is another form I think of creativity, but eventually I actually landed on music and piano. Um, And so I've been playing classical piano for like 15 16 years now um, so like you know that also cultivated a really strong sense of creativity in me so yeah I mean definitely I think I was born with a bent to it but I'm also very analytical yeah. so like um, I think I've had to I've gone on a journey of like what being creative or artistic or whatever means to me personally mm-hmm. and like reconciling that with this other piece of me that like wanted to be a lawyer like appreciates philosophy like wants to have these deep hard conversations and think outside the box and be more entrepreneurial and business oriented so um yeah yes and no
0: <laughs> yeah well you know in in owning your own business you really do get to marry both of those skill sets pretty well because
1: for sure i
0: imagine you you're doing a lot of analytical thinking when it comes mm-hmm. to the numbers and the business side of things or the you know strategy but then the actual business is creative mm-hmm.
1: Totally. Yeah. Kind. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, (laughs) I feel like there's, it is creative and I think, you know, I'm, I'm a very intuitive person. So I would say that, yes, like a lot of like my day-to-day stuff, like being on set with a client or coming up with, you know, concepts and writing briefs, like there is that level of intuitive creativity to it, but there's also like an analytical system and process in place, like to make it possible. So, um, Yeah, it's, it's such a weird balance. And, you know, maybe we can dive into this a little bit later, but I find that so many like photographers or creatives just don't have a sense of business and what it takes. Um, and so, you know, this idea of a starving artist, like has been cultivated over, you know, hundreds of years because like, you know, people haven't had that like business entrepreneurial mindset around it. And I find that the people I know that do have been very profitable and very successful while still creating things that, you know, are beautiful and meaningful and important to them and important to the world.
0: Right. And, you know, it's interesting because we do, we value the creatives. We value the art that's put out into the world, but you're right. There is this idea of the starving artist. And, mm-hmm. you know, you think of all the consequences that that has, but it also mm-hmm. sets creative people up to think, well, I can't do this unless I want to live as low as can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not attainable for many, nor should it be, right? Mm-hmm. If you have this gift and this skill, it shouldn't be, I either do the thing I love or I don't eat for a week, Right.
1: Can I tell you a story? Please, yes. So, okay, so my first day of my senior year of college, so like first last day or last first day of school, right? I, I So I was in an art program. I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Studio Arts with an emphasis in photography. Um, and so like it was a fine arts program primarily. I was the only person in my year for all four years who actually worked full time during Mm. school, was running my own business, like doing my own thing, learning how to be successful as a creative person. So first day sitting in my senior seminar class, the class was taught by a husband and wife who are both artists. They say, they tell us, you know, it's your senior year and like that's great. But like being an artist means like you're never gonna have any money and like we're never going to have kids because we're so poor that like we can't like make money being artists and like, yeah, so we'll never have kids. And they were basically like dooming us to this fate. (laughs) And I was so angry. Like I kind of went on like this, this few month journey of like, I hate art, I hate artists. Like I hate all of this because it's like not, like if that, if this is what being an artist means, then I am not an artist. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really interesting to, you know, reconcile these two things. And I so fortunately now have a lot of friends in the creative industry who think the way that I think and, you know, are running profitable businesses while using creative skills to do so. And so it's really amazing to see other people out there who are doing this. But for a while, I felt like I was kind of alone in it. Um, and being told by people who are in authority that like, this is the fate I'm doomed to, um, wasn't so great.
0: <laughs> it's that's terrifying. That's terrifying yeah. because think of how impressionable impressionable you are at let's say 22. You know, you're about to graduate. The world is very scary at this point mm-hmm. because you have never not been a student. And so, yeah. Then to hear people I imagine you might admire or people who have had quote-unquote success in the industry mm-hmm. are also telling you like great run. Good luck making any money. It kind of also invalidates a lot of what you guys have been working for, for For all those years. And so to panic is probably like the primary response in this instance.
1: I didn't panic. I went away with a fire in my belly to prove everybody wrong. I was like, you know, I felt out of place for four years in this program and you know, I'd cry in my mentor's office being like, I don't fit in here. Like, what do I do? Like, and I was encouraged thankfully by a small handful of people to really pursue my business and really cultivate that. And so, you know, I, I knew that these people were wrong, like from the get go. Like I knew that, like, of course I can make money doing what I'm doing. And if this is what I'm called to do, cause like, you know, going from wanting to be a lawyer to ending up pursuing a BFA, like, you know, there was a clear shift in my way of thought and some things had happened where I was like, okay, I know I'm supposed to do this. Like, I know I have to pursue this calling, Um, because that's what it is to me. It's not just a career. Like I feel called to this, this path. And so um, if that's true, then, you know, sure. Like if I have to starve, then maybe it's worth it. But I knew that wasn't going to be the case. Yeah. What
0: were, if you don't mind sharing, what were some of those shifts that happened Mm -hmm. where you went from law to this more creative outlet?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I, like I said, I like had, had a camera in high school. Um, I really enjoyed photography as just a means to like, you know, create new things. And when, actually when Instagram came out in 2010, um, I was like, oh my gosh, like you can take pictures and share them with other people. Like to me, it was just like this kind of mind blowing concept because like, you know, up until that point really like people took photos and put them in photo albums and had them at home and didn't really share them with anyone or, you know, they were taken and put in fine art galleries or they were taken for like big billboards or advertisements or magazines and stuff. Right. So there really was this no kind of like middle ground where someone like me could take a photo and share it with a broader audience. Yeah. Um, And so you know, I like had a phone. I was like taking photos of everything. If you go back through like my Instagram, you'll see some really horrific, terrifying images. <laughs> like why the heck was she taking a photo of like monkey stuffed animals? Like what does that even
0: mean? <laughs> I have this one picture that I can see so clearly. I used to eat those like Oikos yogurt for breakfast oh gosh, yeah. and I had blueberries in it. And I took a picture and I, it was like, I randomly took my phone out, went like this and uploaded. It was like a three second thought process. It was like breakfast. <laughs> was like, well,
1: what? And it probably had like the worst filter on it, right? That made everything look yellow. And- like a yellow tint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's how I got started in photography was <laughs> yellow filters and, you know, <laughs> stuffed animals. Um, but like, I really enjoyed this process. And as I started using my phone to take photos and, you know, back then, like phones were nothing compared to what they are now, but like, you know, it was a really cool outlet for me. And I had like, you know, a small little point and shoot camera that I'd travel with. My family traveled a lot growing up. So I'd take photos of us like being out and about, but this like kind of new medium of sharing was really exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, so I ended up buying, um, like an amateur professional DSLR myself, saved up and I bought it. And, um, again, like still was really just taking photos of like things for me or traveling. Like I just really wanted to elevate the quality. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like, you know, I had a big group of friends in high school. So like we do a lot of things together. So like I'd bring my camera and I'd take photos of like us hanging out or like, you know, we did mission trips in youth group in high school. So like we'd go on trips and I would bring my camera and I'd take pictures of everyone. And like, we'd have photos to share afterwards. Um And then like, you know, people were like, Oh, like, can you take photos of my family for Christmas? Or, you know, can you shoot my wedding? Or I shot my first wedding when I was 16. Um, Holy crap. Yeah. So like, you know, there was a lot, I mean, they're not very good and it, I'm so thankful to this couple for trusting me. But looking back, like, you know, they're not great. (laughs) Um, But as long as they're happy, that's what's important. But anyway, um, yeah. And so like, but all this while, like, you know, I was really just thinking it was going to be like just a hobby. And then... On one of those missions trips that I went on with my group of friends in high school, you know, I brought my camera and like was taking photos. And at the end of these trips, we had this tradition of doing, we call them care cards. So um, everyone would write a card for everyone else that was on the trip. So just like a little index card and just like a nice, like you can make it as long or as not long as you wanted to, but just like a nice way to like encourage everyone and acknowledge everyone and um, just, you know, be supportive of all the hard work we'd done over the course of that week, two weeks, three weeks, for however long it was. Um, and so that year, I think it was my, uh, junior going on senior year of high school. Um, there were 30 people on the trip. Every single person wrote in the card that they saw my gift for photography and that they thought I should pursue it somehow, every single person. And wow. it was like, bone chilling, like coming home and reading these cards, because at that point, you know, I knew that I wanted to be a lawyer, but I wasn't convinced that I was going to be a lawyer, if that makes sense. And you know, you don't know anything when you're like 17. So like, you know, of course it's like, okay, well I'm open to what's, what's next. And like my mom had had me take like a professional personality test with a psychologist to like, try and narrow some stuff down because I was, like, good at all these things and still not convinced about some things. And so, like, I mean, that test said I should be a bartender or a park ranger because of, like, whatever skills (laughs) that I have. Maybe interpersonal or creative or the introvert in me who wants to walk around alone in the woods like Ron
0: Swanson. Like, I don't know. But... Oh my god, that's such a, like, looking at you now, I'm, like, I'm picturing you (laughs) in, like, ranger gear. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right. No, that's not going to happen. But you know, long story short, you know, kind of all roads pointed to this path of photography. Yeah. I had no clue, like it was going to look like it looks right now because I, I didn't want to shoot weddings. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do that. I mean, I've done all of it and I, you know, I've done every kind of shoot you could imagine to like, you know, find what I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, but here we are now, and
0: yeah, that's that. (laughs) So when did you formally launch the business?
1: Formally launched the business in 2017. Okay. Yes. Okay. So was that, you were in college then, right? I was, yeah. Um, I had done an internship in college where I was a content creator for a small company out here in California. And Um, I was doing like all of their social assets. I was conceptualizing like their business basically and translating their business goals, values, et cetera, into photography. And it was something I'd never done before. I really got to put on my creative director hat and like, you know, write these briefs, source props, come up with budgets, find models. I mean, I did everything. Um, and I loved it. I loved everything and I was so excited and I was like, this is it. So literally I finished that internship and like within two weeks I had my first client, like I hit the ground running.
0: Wow. And now you, you still do all of the things now, right?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I am learning how to be a little bit more hands off with some things because I'm growing a team and I have people on my team now.
0: That's amazing. Um, I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, no one's full time yet. Um, but like I'm starting to hand things off to other people, Mm -hmm. um, which is great because it's really nice to have help, but you know, I want to be involved because Mm -hmm. I, I think that I do my best work for my clients when I, I know what their goals are. Like I come in as a holistic partner. Like I want to know what the marketing sales and business strategies and goals are. Like, I want to know like what their editorial calendar looks like. I want to know like who they're trying to be in the world so that I can go away and say, okay, you want to be this, then I'm going to give you this. And like, here's how we're going to do it and give them an action plan so that they, you know, are getting what they need. But like a lot of businesses, you know, need that third party creative partner to help guide them in terms of the creative direction. A lot of the smaller businesses or like, you know, mid range businesses don't have an in-house team doing it for them yet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm almost playing consultant and actual executor because they need all of that help. And so, and I want to be involved in all of it because if my name's on it, I need to know what's going on. So
0: So what are some of the things, like when you're working with your team, what are some of the things that you're learning to be more hands-off with? Mm -hmm. Well,
1: a lot of it's on the back end right now. So um, I have some people helping me with marketing and social media for my own business and brand awareness, um, PR as well. Um, I have a designer. So I was designing everything myself um, up until last year, and everything, website, graphics, proposals. Like I had no design help and I mean, I'm not terrible at it. Like I can do it and I have an eye for it, but like Mm -hmm. it wasn't where I needed it to be. And so I hired a designer to rebrand my business. And through that, I realized that she's really like the creative partner that I want to be doing a lot of my design projects with. And so now I refer her to clients. I bring her in on design projects for clients. Awesome. Um, and she, you know, does all of that, which is so nice. Like, you know, I, I can do little things like tweak stuff here and there if I need something quick and dirty, but like not thinking about that Mm. has been so nice. Um, and then I have a really good friend who runs her own creative agency, but we do a lot of projects together. And so we go in on doing like, Um, You know, she has her own marketing clients and her own stuff right now, but like a few of our clients, we go in 50-50 together to do creative direction and photography only. So that's really nice because I can have a second creative director really helping with the logistics and we actually have a shoot later today where like you know i did models and i did like you know a lot of like some of the prop stuff but she really owned the prop stuff like we both coordinated with the client but like i put the brief together like we we were able to split it which was so nice yeah um and that experience for this client has actually made me realize that like i need more of these people in my life to like just take some of the load off.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But you know, I feel like sometimes you don't know that until you see it. When you get so used to operating by yourself, it's really easy to just do it all because it's Mm -hmm. it's in your control. And so I don't know about you, but I am a big control freak. And so if I can do it, I want to do it. So learning how to hand things off is so important, especially in a leadership role, like Mm -hmm. with what you're doing.
1: Totally, totally. And I'm learning. Um, Yesterday with my business coach, we did like a roles and responsibilities like spreadsheet Mm. where I went through like every piece of the business and identified um, all of the different pieces of business that need to be addressed. And right now I own 99% of everything. And I'm like, this needs to change. (laughs) Like, yeah, I have people like I have some people that I'm slowly passing stuff off to. I'm hiring assistants soon. I want to have an intern like that's going to help with stuff. And like, so it's, it's, it's happening slowly. I wish I could hire everyone at once, but I can't. So, but it's good. So
0: I just think it's amazing to be 24 and like hearing the things that you're saying. I just, it, it's, you must be so proud of yourself and you should be proud of yourself because the stuff you're doing is awesome.
1: Thank you. And I appreciate that. I mean, honestly, I really feel like just so grateful like to yeah. be in this position. Like I don't look at this and like pat myself on the back. Like, of course, I'm, I'm proud of what I've accomplished, but like, I'm just grateful to even have the opportunities that I have, you know, and like, I really know that like, I mean, I'm, I'm only here because God has given me these opportunities. Like, and I really just am like so humbly grateful for that because like, I know so many people are in jobs that they don't like and are going through life doing things that don't make them happy and don't fulfill them. And I see people who literally have the life sucked out of them because they are unsatisfied with where they're at. And that's so scary. And like, I I was in that place for a while in my life and it was terrifying and I, have worked so hard to be so separate from that and so like I'm just grateful to be here even like when things are hard like I'm grateful to be here peace is the perfect word like I I have a kind of peace right now that like on paper doesn't make any sense to anybody right yeah. Yeah. but like it's just I just know I know that things are going to be good I know that things are good like I know I'm doing what I need to be doing um Yeah. I'm, I'm super at peace. (laughs) Good.
0: Good. But I want to transition a little bit because there's something on your website that really struck me. And so I'm going to read it to you. It says, um, a thorough knowledge of the creative world and the human experience profoundly affects her practice, both professionally and personally. So how have these two things impacted you? Break that down for us a little bit.
1: I'm so excited that you picked up on that because you're the first person to ever ask me about it. Oh, good. Um, and I said that very intentionally. So, I mean, we've kind of talked about the creative piece of it, right? Like, you know, I I have a thorough understanding of the creative industry. Like, I've worked in um, every piece of the creative industry, like through through different points in my career. I mean, I've done hair and makeup. I've in the light assistant reflector holder, you know, I've done the prop sourcing and the styling and the wardrobe and like everything right Mm -hmm. at different points. And so like that obviously really informs the way that like, I see the world, I see my clients, I see my projects, like it, it allows me to be, um, what's the word, like just a little bit more Mm well-rounded in my approach to things and just see things as a whole in a big picture. Because a a lot of the miscommunication issues I find in the creative industry come from a lack of education and a lack of understanding Mm -hmm. about all the different things that go into a project. So, um, and I think that like well-roundedness also affects me personally because it allows me to ask the right questions. It allows me to be a better listener. It allows me to see a bigger picture with other people so that I can be more understanding and a more empathetic kind human to others, right? Yeah. From the human experience piece of it. So, you know, law was obviously something that I really wanted to pursue. And um, a lot of the reasons I wanted to pursue it was because I was fascinated with psychology and like justice and, you know, seeking out justice. And I I wanted to be in criminal law, like that's where I was going to go. And so, um, you know, I, I read like so much about all of these things, you know, I I traveled growing up all over the world. And so like, I've seen so much of the world and really gotten to understand like what culture means and what it looks like for many people outside of this American bubble, um, which is super important. And then When I was in college, in addition to my um, arts degree, I did um, something called the Tory Honors Institute, which essentially was—it's not its own major, but it was more like a certification. It was a four-year program that replaced all my general education courses, Um, and I— it was all philosophy, literature. Like we read everything: Plato, Aristotle. We read Politics. We read Frederick Douglass. We read even stuff like Moby Dick, like Darwin, like everything, like any great book you could think of, we read it. And that was so incredible to be a part of, because, you know, not only did I get to continue to cultivate this passion of mine for an understanding of the world and understanding of the human experience, you know, I got to then take that and apply this knowledge into my everyday life and with my clients. It makes me, you know, it makes me a better thinker. Again, it like allows me to ask the better questions. Like I get to see things, um, holistically and not so narrow-mindedly there's narrow-mindedness drives me up the wall. (laughs) Cause I think, you know, you can't be so open-minded that your mind falls out. Right. Right. But like, you have to be open to listen and hear and debate and converse and, um, have hard conversations. Like my friends laugh at me because I like to argue. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's fun. I think, you know, having challenging conversations and agreeing with every, or not, not agreeing is so important. Right. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just think like, you know, obviously it's important to be a student of your industry, but I think it's also important to cultivate other passions and other um, avenues of learning so that, you know, you're not stuck in one lane that you can see things in a broader, more holistic way.
0: You have such a curiosity for Mm -hmm. things other than your field. And I think it's just really admirable. And I also think it's something that we all, you know, more so need to adopt because I see it a lot in my students where, you know, they'll really struggle to understand why they're learning this, whether it's in my class or a different class, right? And so a lot Mm -hmm. of times you see people like, I'm thinking of this because in your in your case, like, you could have been like, I just want to focus on what did my BFA expect, like, specifically in photo, and that's it. But for you to take interest in literature and philosophy and religion, like, there's so much to be learned from that. Um, and I, I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but what you said reminds me a lot of one of my favorite professors. It was I was a sophomore during the 2016 election. And in English, we just were able to have a lot of these in-depth, critical conversations. And, you know, because all of us at this point are of voting age. All of us were going to vote. And he, before we knew the shitstorm that was to come, you know, he was like, look at both sides. You need to be able to understand Yes. The Democrat side, the Republican side, the candidates' views. You can't just shut one off. You can like what you're saying, you cannot just be narrow minded. And that has stuck with me so much, not even just in politics, but in everything of Mm -hmm. I need to be able to see why somebody disagrees with me. And I don't need to be an asshole about it. I need to understand it. And there's a, a, a short story I have my kids read, and it's it, in it, it says, respectfully, but firmly, I disagree. Mm-hmm. And I'll often have that conversation with them of like, you don't need to agree with everything they say, but you're yeah. not going to be a dick about it, right? Respectfully, yeah. but firmly, you can disagree with something, but mm-hmm. do it in a way that's constructive and maybe academic in our setting. Um, but it is, yeah. it's important because not many people think like that.
1: No, and a lot of people will abandon relationships or friendships or professional relationships when someone has an opposing view. And that is so unhealthy and so not cool. Like, you know, yeah. I, I love that. Like you know, this idea of like respectfully and firmly disagreeing. Because of course, like you have to have a moral compass, a sense of values, right? right? You have to have grounding in like what you believe in and yes that is absolutely going to conflict with other people because we're not all the same but like why can't you still be friendly or friends or colleagues with people that disagree with you like yes. does everyone have to think the way you think like right no and they there's don't. so much harm in that there is and you know f- yes you have to be informed about any side of any debate conversation whatever because otherwise you can't have an opinion if you don't know both sides, like right. you can't genuinely be out there saying, well, I believe this. I'm like, well, how do you know you believe that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like and if you can't even entertain the other side, yes, you know,
0: the so, same yeah. professor, he would always say there's a difference in between, in between being intelligent and between being educated
1: Absolutely. And I,
0: you know, I think just being in school all my life, it's like you really mm-hmm. just focus on the education piece where it's like, no, 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 intelligence and education and being educated are two very different things. Right. And so. Absolutely. his words, I, he's like my favorite guy ever. So his words have <laughs> I just love that. like stuck with me as I've gotten older and even as I've like gotten out of college. Um, but it's important. I think that we have those people who call it out like it is. And for us, you know, being early twenties being impressionable, right? Especially Mm -hmm. like that experience you had with those two professors, which like shame on them. That should have never ever been a conversation that they had with like college students. I mean, because look at you, you're doing everything opposite that they said Mm they were going to be able to do. Um, Yes. (laughs) So to me too, it also like instills that we as the adults now need to be better adults, you know? Yeah,
1: that's a great point. Yes, (laughs) absolutely.
0: a, A few of the notable publications that you've been featured in. It's ABC, NBC, Refinery29, and then a handful of others. Mm -hmm. So first of all, congratulations. That is amazing. Um, But what advice would you have for somebody who is also looking to expand their brand and get those um, like high level clients or that high level PR the way you've gotten?
1: Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. So First of all, I would say it's it's important to remember that brand awareness really takes time to cultivate. Um, I didn't wake up one day like having like, you know, all of these features and all of these publications, right. you know, like I have spent a decade working on cultivating this practice on building this brand, yeah. even if I didn't know 10 years ago what it was going to look like, you know you got to start somewhere. Right. So, um, but yeah, so like for some of those features, um, you know, I did some free work that I knew would get picked up. I just knew like, you know, you kind of have an intuition about some of these things, or at least if you don't think you do, you should listen better because everyone does like, you know, like they're, Sometimes there are opportunities where you just know, like, it's going to be impactful for your career. So, like, you know, I would take a project here and there where I was like, yeah, like, um, or maybe I don't know if it's going to turn into something, but I know that, like, it's a meaningful cause or it's a meaningful opportunity and it has the potential to be seen. Um, So, you know, I think it's important to show what you want to shoot so you know to speak to your question about acquiring like higher end clients like if you want higher end clients and you shoot for higher end clients like even if they're not paying you maybe yeah. you buy some products and you style them yourself or you grab some models and you you put together a shoot you know like if you don't have the portfolio you have to create the portfolio mm. um for some of those other publications um i hired a pr team to take care of it. I had some stuff happening during COVID and, um, I really, it was time to put it out and share it with the world. And I PR is scary and this dark web of like nothing, you know, everyone's like PR this, PR that, like, what does that actually mean? Yeah. So, you know, but I hired someone to help me and it turned out really well. And like, you know, has it equaled business yet? It hasn't, but having that, you know, reputation that's being built and this you know brand awareness that is you know actually like really um you know what's the word like it's it's legit right to have these being picked up by these publications like that's super important and um, you know, so like spend the money where it makes sense. I wouldn't say go out and buy a PR team and spend thousands of dollars to make it happen. Cause I don't think that's necessary, um, right off the bat. And I didn't, I didn't spend thousands mm-hmm. of dollars, spend a small amount of money. Cause I found a really good deal and someone was able to help me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, but yeah, I mean like I said, brand awareness takes time. So like being consistent on social media, having an updated portfolio, maybe sending your portfolio to magazines or publications or, you know, submitting into contests. Like I submitted into a lot of contests when I was in college, especially, and my work's been featured in books and magazines and galleries because of that opportunity. And so, um, you know, for PR and like acquiring like, or discovering rather like opportunities to be exposed. Sometimes you have to seek them out. Sometimes they'll come to you. Um, but yeah, there's so many different ways to do it.
0: Yeah. You said a lot of really important things here. And the big thing that stood out to me that I think it's important to reiterate is you've been at this for a decade. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't been at this for a year or two years. This has taken time and now is as you start to grow and as your reputation starts to build is where you start to reap the benefits. Right. So I think it's important for, you know, you guys as listeners to hear that, that this wasn't Mm -hmm. an overnight thing, um, nor should it be right. I don't think anything of real value comes from an overnight success. Um, so thank you for pointing that out because it's important. It's one of those things I don't think we talk about as often as we should. Um, Mm And everything takes time. Things that are worth your time take time.
1: Mm -hmm. It's so true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, a question I actually have not asked on this podcast before that I am just selfishly very interested in is as a young professional, as an entrepreneur, what is a morning routine for you like? Um, I love
1: this question. My morning routine is very important to me. Good, but it do. actually
0: starts—it um, starts the night before.
1: So I okay. have a very specific, like, morning and evening routine. Um, but my go. evening really affects my morning. So I am a grandma. First of all, I like—I if I could be in bed at eight every night, I honestly would. <laughs> um, so, like, but my evenings are really important because like i i have trouble falling asleep because Mm -hmm. my brain is always on so i have to take the time beforehand to just like start winding down I always have my schedule laid out the night before the next day. So I have a, like a handwritten journal planner or whatever. I literally write out my day hour by hour and task by task. Um, so that I know what I'm stepping into the next day and I'm not waking up blind. Um, Cause that gives me a little bit more peace in the mornings. If I don't know what I'm doing the next day, like I wake up rushed and stressed and whatever. Yeah. Um, and I always have a cup of tea before bed. That's kind of like my, like, that's the last thing I drink. It's a, like, I don't eat any food after I have, like when I have my tea, it doesn't matter if it's like six o'clock or 11 o'clock, like the tea is the end. Yeah. So, what kind
0: of tea is it usually?
1: I usually drink like a detox tea from like a okay. Yogi tea company or Puka herbs or something like that. Okay. Um, sometimes like a licorice and peppermint, it depends. Um, and then tea is actually how I start my day in the morning, so okay. it's like my end, my book ends to my day. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, morning routine. First thing in the morning, like I get up, I wash my face. Um, I've been ice rolling my face lately. How do you like it? It feels so good. Yeah, it feels so good. Like I didn't think I'd be into it, but I got one at an event, and I was like, I'll try it. I love it. So while my like tea water is heating up, I'll like ice roll my face and like do my skincare. Um, my morning skincare is pretty like light, like I'll like do toner or face oil, maybe some serum, something, just like whatever my skin needs in the morning, but I don't put too much time into it. Um, and then, so yeah, I have my tea. I take my vitamins. I journal, I read my Bible, I pray. And then usually like, I'll let the tea like steep in, like cool off, like while I'm doing all those things. And then... I'll sip my tea. Like maybe I'll watch like an episode of friends or like the news or yeah. like something like something quick and easy. So I can like drink my tea. Cause I find if I drink my tea while doing other things, I never drink my tea. Yeah. So, and then I just get going. Like, yeah, I get started. Sometimes I'll work out first thing in the morning. Sometimes I'll wait and do it later, but like, you know, finishing that tea and like getting up is like, the start to the day.
0: Now, are you pretty regimented with your hours? Are you like a nine to five? What is, what are, you, what's your hours look like?
1: All over the place. Yeah, I'm just kind of starting to have better boundaries with that. I mean, I used to work seven, eight days a week, yeah. <laughs> like seriously. So, um, I try not to work on weekends if I can help it now. Um, obviously it's unavoidable sometimes, but, um, you know, and I, I do, I do work every day. I really do. Like, even if it's a little something I do, but like during the day, like, yeah, I try to start by nine. If at like the latest, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's earlier, sometimes it's later. Um, and then I work till I'm done. Yeah. Like some days, like I have meetings and appointments and I'm not able to be done. Like today I have a shoot till 7 PM. I'm not going to get home till nine. Right. So like, Um, And I've been working since eight. So that's like a 13-hour day, right? Um, But like yesterday, well, actually, no, yesterday was just as crazy. Um, Like, but last (laughs) week, there was like one day where like I didn't start till 11 and I finished at three because there was other things going on, right? So it definitely depends, but... I'm not very good at shutting my brain off. So I'm the same way. Listeners like,
0: don't be me. (laughs) Nope. I'm the same way. And so I'm also learning how to establish those boundaries. I think um, I'm actually going to start charging my phone in the living area and get like an actual alarm clock because I am finding myself way too connected and it's starting Mm -hmm. to drive me nuts. So that's something I'm looking into. Mm -hmm. I'll let you know if it's, if it's, anything that helps. Please do. But yeah, I
1: actually turned off notifications on my phone almost completely because smart. I was getting emails, Instagram, everything all day. And I was looking at my phone all day. Yeah. Now I like barely look at my phone and it's the best thing ever. And yeah. like, it's not that I like, I, of course I'm checking my email. Like my response time is 24 to 48 hours for everything. Like I am like on it but like I'm checking when I have time, not, not when I'm in the everything. middle of something and can't give it my time.
0: Right. Right. Yes, absolutely. I um, have started using the like time restrictions oh, cool. on apps and it's helpful. I'm not great at it, but it, it has been fairly helpful so far. So it is, it's like little tips and tricks that just make life easier. Totally.
1: And you'll find what works for you. Like, you know, like I don't sleep. I used to sleep with my phone next to my bed. It's still in my room, but it's across the room. So I actually have to get out of bed to turn the alarm off and and then I'm like, okay, well I'm up.
0: Yeah. yeah, I've heard that before too. So, um, the segment that we have on this podcast is called truth and trial. So my question to you is what has been the greatest trial in your career or your life so far? And then what has it taught you?
1: It's deep. Well, want to stick with career, um, because this freaking year yeah, <laughs> would right? be 2020. probably, yeah, you know, the end. Podcast over. We Done. all get it. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, like there are ups and downs as an entrepreneur and building any business, and there have been like isolated days or weeks or whatever that have felt like the worst. But honestly, it's been this year. And I think I'm fortunate to say that most of my career has been okay. Like, you know, I was kind of one of these people, like maybe six months ago where other entrepreneurs would be like, oh, like every day I wake up and I wonder why I do this. And like, some days I just want to like go and get a job because it'd be easier. And like, I never felt that way. Mm -hmm. And then there have definitely been moments like over the last few months where I've been like, this is really hard. But then, you know, I remember that it's hard for everyone right now. And even if I had a perfect nine to five, you know, bi-monthly paycheck, whatever, that could have been taken away too. So um, I definitely don't wish for anything else. But yeah, but this year has been really hard. I mean, uh, I told you when we talked, you know, a few weeks ago that uh, the middle of March, you know, I, I went on a holiday and I was in Israel and um going into that trip I had contracts lined up ready to go with some of the world's like couple of the world's big brands like brands that are household names and I got back on March 13th by March 14th everything was gone um and so I spent that weekend just like what am I gonna do like because up until that point it's like oh like it's the coronavirus, but it's fine. Like, you know, nobody really has it. Like, you know, don't worry about it. And then it was like, everyone's worried about it like overnight and like everything fell through. And so, you know, these last few months have been like, you know, am I going to pay rent? Am I going to eat food? Like, how am I going to like, it's just like, how am I going to do anything anymore? Right. And like all of these goals and like plans for 2020. Cause everyone was like, Oh, 2020, it's going to be the best year ever. And like, I felt that way for sure. Too. Um, and going into it, I had all these plans and then I was beating myself up for like three months because I wasn't meeting those goals and making those plans happen. Um, yeah. So I've learned a lot and it's been a really crazy test personally too, because like you know, my business and my personal life are so intertwined right now. Um, that, yeah, I mean, I was brought to my knees many times. Like there were many sleepless nights, many, like, you know, just tears upon tears, upon tears, like breakdowns, meltdowns, yeah. like, you know, one minute I would feel so hopeful and literally the next minute, I mean, I was probably going through a bout of depression to be honest. Cause yeah. like my, my mood swings were just like not healthy. mm mm-hmm. Um, but I'd, I'd never gone through this before like this. No one ever has, right? So like no one could say to me like, oh, but I've gone through this and like, it's going to be fine. Like, you know, maybe maybe the 2008 recession is the only thing that compares in our lifetime to something quite like this, but it's not on this level, right? So anyway, that's like a whole lot of things. But yeah, this year has been really tough.
0: Yeah. And it's like you said – whether you were in a normal nine to five, who knows if it would have been, you know, like there's no, there's no way of knowing anything at this point, but I think it's wonderful that you're starting to see the up and that you've been able to keep going and that this Mm -hmm. year hasn't totally crushed you. Right. You're here, you know, and that, that, that in itself is enough sometimes, especially in times like now. I agree. So, I completely agree. Where can people hang out with you online? Where can they see your beautiful work? Where can they hire you? Give us all, all the details. Totally. So um, I am
1: Marika Creative pretty much anywhere. So Marika's M A M-A-R-I-K-A R I K A and then creative, just like it sounds like. So MarikaCreative.com, Marika Creative on Instagram, Facebook have a Twitter, but like, don't find me there. Cause I don't <laughs> do anything there. <laughs> um, I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a really good way to connect with me. Um, you know, my email's marika at marikacreative.com. So I'm very easy to find. Yeah. Um, you know, my phone number is very easy to find. So like, we'll be friends, like, you know, we can chat. Um, but like, if you want to work together, please email me. That's the best way to set something up.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. It was wonderful talking to you.
1: Thank you so much, Gabby. This was really fun.
0: All right, guys, we will talk to you soon until then have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. Bye guys.